Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. It's not surprising that some of our best teachers for how to persevere through a pandemic are indigenous people. Despite centuries of atrocities, systemic violence, and genocide, Native Americans are still here. Astonishingly, they continue to draw the circle wider, offering healing stories and prayers for all people with tremendous generosity. Shoshone Chief Clyde Hall teaches that all these years of dancing have been preparing us for right now. Our world is fraught with coronavirus fear and anxiety. In the blink of an eye, we were faced with quarantine, tightening of state borders, layoffs, abrupt cancellation of events and gatherings, and more. Social distancing became a buzzword, separating people, throwing folks into isolated clusters when we most need to be reaching for community. He continues, it's time for us to awaken our hearts and our spirits. It is our rituals that are going to see us through. The power of prayer, the power of being centered, and the power of knowing that the spirit is with us at all times. Our ancestors taught us that in times of trouble, it's time to dance. In the midst of a bitter desolation, the Ojibwe medicine man was visited night after night by the same vivid dream. Four women performed a dance like nothing he had ever seen. Their dresses were covered in row after row of metal cones that accompanied each movement with a rustling cascade of sound. For people who believe in the restorative power of music and dance, this was a powerful vision. The community was in dire need of hope and healing. Their land was under threat from encroaching white interests. Ruthless government policies were hellbent on suppressing Native American religious expression. The 1918 influenza pandemic was raging, and Native communities had been especially hard hit. The medicine man's own young daughter, Maggie, was gravely ill. Four garments that came to be known as jingle dresses were made using hundreds of rolled up lids from tins of snuff tobacco. The medicine man taught a few women the dance as he'd seen it in his dreams. It had low, soft-footed steps 
that could be performed by those who were sick. At first, Maggie was too weak to dance alone, so her tribe carried her. As she grew stronger, she began to dance on her own. According to the legend, Maggie was miraculously cured, and the healing tradition of the jingle dress dance was born. Despite the government's blatantly racist attempts to outlaw religious dancing, Ojibwe women in jingle dresses can be found in historic photos from the early 1920s and every decade thereafter. In the midst of the influenza pandemic, Ojibwe women leaned in to their role as sustainers of the community's health and spiritual well-being. As the jingle dress dance tradition flourished, it spread through Ojibwe territory and across tribal nations, eventually becoming a pan-Indian phenomenon and a powerful source of healing and pride. A century later, the jingle dress dance has become an offering to the global community ravaged by COVID-19. In the very early days of the US shutdown, the hashtag jingle healing began trending on Facebook. At the appointed hour on Saturday, March 14th, women in living rooms from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Utah, Colorado, Kentucky, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, and across Canada, donned their jingle dresses and danced together. Mindful of the power of drawing on their cultural heritage to hold communities together in terrible times, the dancers said, we believe in the healing power of music and dance. We say that dancing is prayer. When you become a jingle dress dancer, there's a responsibility that comes with it. You're dancing for the healing of your people. Every step you take is a prayer. When we dance, the tinkling of the jingles sounds like rain, like sacred and cleansing water. Today, we dance for healing and offer prayers that our scientists and physicians will be guided in finding a cure. The virus isn't going to have prejudice. It will affect all people. So this isn't just for us, it's for everybody. These prayers are for everybody. In the spring of 2020, Navajo photographer Eugene Tupane had a dream. As he watched bison graze in a field at Yellowstone National Park, he heard the distant sound of jingles. One by one, jingle dress dancers appeared and began to dance with the bison to the rhythm of a silent drum. From this dream of beauty and peace, Eugene awoke to the tumultuous reality of racial strife, political polarization, and fear of a deadly virus that was rapidly spreading around the world. Eugene was inspired to use his gifts as a photographer to bring his vision to life 
through the lens of his camera. For his dancers, Eugene recruited his daughters, Dion and Erin, and family friends, Sonny and Joannie Bougay. Four discouraged young women whose plans of college, law school, and starting careers had been derailed by the shutdown. With little money and lots of faith, they launched Art Heals, the Jingle Dress Project. Eugene says, on that first photo shoot, the girls and I learned how to work together. They weren't models, and I wasn't a portrait photographer. It was awkward and frustrating. But from the moment they started to jingle dance on the land, it all changed. I cried as the feelings of beauty and peace from my dream came back to me. Time slowed down, and I could feel myself healing from the uncertainties of the world. As I listened to the jingles, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. No matter how difficult this project would be, needed to be done. While the resulting images are stunning, the project has grown to so much more than a series of location shoots. It has become a pilgrimage to reclaim the land of Native people. Eugene describes it as documenting the spiritual places our ancestors once walked to unite the world through art, dance, and culture to help us find healing and hope. The group has traveled 25,000 miles, bringing the jingle dress dance from Grand Teton National Park and Yellowstone to Washington DC and San Francisco to George Floyd's flower covered memorial in Minneapolis. The details from their travel log are amazing. We've cleaned and sanitized 45 hotel rooms and cabins, used 45 cans of Lysol, eight bottles of hand sanitizer, and 75 pairs of surgical gloves across 18 states. We've encountered bear, bison, elk, deer, moose, eagles, squirrels, and bees. We've learned not to run when seeing a bear and not to give the bear spray to the person who is most easily scared. The girls have willingly camped in the cold and rain, done their homework on their phones, and donned their regalia, which can weigh over 10 pounds in windy parking lots. It's been beautiful, emotional, challenging, empowering, and most of all, healing. We've danced in the wilderness alone, in the middle of deserted cities, and for a growing cadre of fans all to heal the land and the people. Thirty years ago, Chief Clyde Hall began to revive the ancient tradition of the Natiya, the dance of old given to the Shoshani Paiute people for the healing restoration and renewal of Mother Earth and all her beings. When it was suddenly no longer safe to gather around the tree, to gather around the tree for the dance for all people, the community pivoted to what they call dancing from afar. 
as we gather as a spiritual community here in the ASC Zoom room, and as we begin to explore what it means to be a hybrid congregation, there is great wisdom for us in the guidance from dancing from afar. As we travel on this journey together, we are being called to be people of determined spirit. While there is no way to duplicate the experience of holding hands around the tree of life with our dance relatives, current worldwide circumstances call for us to broaden the range of our spiritual faculties and develop the tools we have at hand. Our combined focused prayers are powerful. They have the strength to overcome. We have always had the ability to dance from near or afar. It is up to us to engage with the dance every day, nourish our connections and stay fluid. Like water, we will continue to flow and change with each dance member a drop, contributing to the strength of our direction and flow. There have always been many more people dancing than were visible. Remember that from the moment you formally commit to dance, you already have a living connection to the ceremony, no matter where it takes place. However, you are responsible for consciously reactivating and nourishing the thread of connectivity at every dance. Grounding yourself as you begin this work will anchor that energetic thread for you and allow you to move your prayers along the thread with intent directly to our circle and to the tree. Every conscious connection amplifies the power of our prayers and how they ripple out into the world. We can repurpose the technology at our fingertips to dismantle the illusion of time and space and reimagine a universe as big as our hearts. Grandmother Spider is whispering in our ears to weave an expanded web that connects us to our existing family and friends and expands our circles to other dancers and dance communities. We do this to be inspired, energetically nourish ourselves, meet new people, witness revelatory ideas, stay strong, invoke self-empowerment, welcome serendipity, and be forever changed for the good. In short, all the reasons we go to the dance in the first place. The elders of the dance remind us that all power lies in a circle. In ceremony, in community, the power and clarity of our circle is multiplied a thousandfold. And so we call on each of you to bring your voice, your highest vision, your dreams and your prayers to the tree of life, to encourage the process of healing at a global level, we must first change the one thing over which we have real power, ourselves. 
I'm going to close today with one final story, as it was told by journalist Cecilia Noel. In March of 2020, public health researcher and member of the Pawnee tribe, Abigail Echo Hawk, and her colleagues at the Seattle Indian Health Board made an urgent request for more PPE so they could continue serving Washington's native population. When they received a large package a few weeks later, they were elated until they opened it and found nothing but a stack of body bags. Echo Hawk says, we're not a hospital system. We don't have inpatient care. If somebody died here, we would call an ambulance. I went home and I just cried that night, which unfortunately I, I do often. To her, the body bags were a symbol of how little the United States values native lives and a foreshadowing of the massive outbreaks that would take hold on reservations. In native communities, the mortality rate from COVID-19 has been nearly double that of white populations. Echo Hawk eventually took some of the body bags home where slowly a vision emerged. She would transform a body bag into a traditional ribbon dress. In native communities, ribbon work is often used to create regalia or clothing for special occasions. Ribbons are sewn onto shirts, skirts, and dresses. Each color represents a symbol of special significance, and together they tell a story. Echo Hawk's dress would comment on the ways that the pandemic has disproportionately impacted Native communities and honor the women whose lives have been put in danger by rising rates of domestic violence and assault. Echo Hawk used red thread to sew ribbons along the dress's exterior and created a fringe with the toe tags that accompanied the body bags. Red is the color of prayer. It's the color of strength, says Echo Hawk. It's also about holding our women sacred. Along the dress's neckline, Echo Hawk attached mirrors, a common element of cultural regalia meant to deflect injustice and reflect back any assault on Native women to those making the attack. In the center of the dress, she used her own hands to create three red handprints, symbols of the murdered and missing indigenous women movement. Echo Hawk lined the inside of the skirt with yellow woodlands fabric and wrote her personal mantra, I am the tangible manifestation of my ancestors' resiliency over and over again alongside alongside the body bag's zipper. I come from a tribe in Oklahoma that numbered 38,000 in the 1830s. By the census of 1910, the tribe had fewer than 700 people. I'm literally the descendant of genocide survivors, says Echo Hawk. And it is because of their resiliency and their fight to survive that I can thrive. Although the impacts of the pandemic have devastated her, Echo Hawk tried to sew with loving energy. 
Each ribbon is a prayer. Each stitch is a prayer and an offering of dedication and love. When you make a ribbon dress, you can't come from a place of anger or bitterness, she said. It's my responsibility to be in a place of peace and a place of loving our people. And for me, that means advocacy and continuing to push for justice. After nine months of work, Echo Hawk's completed ribbon dress is striking a chord. It was recently featured in Vogue and is being shown at the Indigenous Film and Arts Festival in Colorado this weekend. When she posted the final results on Instagram, Echo Hawk included the caption, I'll never accept their body bags for our people. All I will accept is a world where we are thriving, ever continuing. My friends, on this day set aside to honor indigenous peoples, may we take these lessons to heart. At times we are too weak to dance and rely on our tribe to carry us. Other times we are the ones who hold the community together. We are the tangible manifestation of our ancestors' resiliency. It is our rituals that are gonna get us through. Grandmother Spider is whispering in our ears to weave an expanded web that connects us to our existing family and friends and expands our circle. May we too know the healing power of music and dance. May we remember that dancing is prayer. In times of trouble, it's time to dance. Let's dance together. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Our benediction this morning comes from Chief Clyde Hall and the dance for all people. We are being called to be people of determined spirit. We can repurpose the technology at our, fingers, at our fingertips to dismantle the illusion of time and space and reimagine a universe as big as our hearts. We have always had the ability to dance from near or afar. There have always been many more people dancing than were visible. We call on each of you to bring your voice your highest vision, your dreams, and your prayers to the tree of life. Every conscious connection amplifies the power of our prayers and how they ripple out into the world. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.